Hello, Nigel. TK. How are you, mate? Excellent. I like this one, profit finding. Yeah, it's always been a favourite of yours. Yeah, I think it's um, I think it's one people like to listen to because particularly for SMEs, this is uh, one that's pretty important obviously because finding money and making money is um, – Not even SMEs. It's just that everyone, if you can find them a way to make more money, they're going to be happy. Yeah, it's um, that's, this one's an easy sell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No, the reason it's quite interesting is because um, the comments are coming from the community. So we actually get to interact in a way that's directly relevant. So keep your comments coming. I appreciate it. Um, just by the way, DMing me is probably not the easiest way to get on <laughs> here. Um, as you could imagine, there's a few coming through. So if you want to um, or for us to discuss uh, your challenge in business at the moment, just um, probably best going through the um, Volodimo Facebook page or um, on our website, you, um, yeah. there's a place to do it. But uh, DMing me as much as I'd like to get to you, I just don't want to become unreliable. And on a good point of view is there's a few coming through. So, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, so great. But we do have some questions today. So, Nigel, we do shoot. So I'm going to lead off with one which is um, – it's probably a little bit more aimed at the SME space. Yep. Um, and it's something that's come up many times before in conversation around a lot of people that we're talking about and it's around personal wealth and money. Okay. So essentially um, we've got a, a message from Elizabeth who's essentially she's in a growing company. Yep. The company is doing well. Her, her company? It's her company. So yep. she owns the company. She's responsible for it. So the company's growing well. It's growing. It's making more money. But she personally is not making any more money from it because she's having to tip or, or choosing to tip her money back into the business or her profits to grow the business further. So everyone right. around her seems to be succeeding, but she seems to feel that she's stuck in the same spot. Right. Okay. So this is pretty common. Um, particularly for an SME. So there's a few assumptions that we're going to need to make when we're talking about this because obviously I don't know Elizabeth um, but I would, you know, the more information we can get. So I think we might need to look at that because let's let's get something on there where we can grab a little bit more information if you want to answer specific questions because a lot, obviously a lot of the discussion we're having there, there's assumptions that need to be made. Yeah. But for an SME, this is a very, very common um, problem and an assumption that we can probably make that would be pretty accurate. So what generally happens for those who are listening or those who are starting out in business or those who might find themselves in a very similar situation is as your business grows, um, growth costs money. So it doesn't matter how you sort of look at it, but the more that your economic engine revs up, so that means your business is getting bigger, bigger you're servicing more clients, all your costs are going to go up. So you might need more stock, you might need more staff, you might need a whole lot of different things. So what inevitably happens is your revenue line, which is all the money that goes into the top, looks great. We're growing, we're, we're seeing all the right things happening and then you look down to your bottom line, which is you know the net profit you're pulling or the, all the words you can call. But basically the money that you can take out of the business and it hasn't changed much and in a lot of cases it might even go down. So how do you deal with this and how do you deal with this as a business owner because there's a few factors in terms of how to how to approach it but there's no real right or wrong. This is more who you are personally and what is your strategic plan with your company. So if you're a self-employed person, you might not actually have ambition to grow a company. You think you have ambition to grow a company but what you really want is a 
consistent or consistent work coming through but you actually just want to make some more money based on having a better year. You want to grow your wage. Yeah, you want to grow your wage. So to me I don't really consider that business owners apart from the fact that you're a registered business or you're um, a self-employed person or a sole trader. In, if that's the case, obviously as you get more work, you're going to make more money because a lot of the time it's just you and the bo- the money's just falling straight down to the bottom line. And this is – you can see this typically with service-based businesses or people offering some level of service. So if you're that type of business, you'll understand that the busier I am, generally the more money I make and the, and the, the pivot point for that is when you physically can't do any more work and – you basically do one of two things to make more money. You start to hire and you start growing it into a business or you lift your prices, lose some of your smaller clients and actually have better margin work and you generally see these people cap out at some level, whatever it is for the type of industry or or what they're prepared to work. But you do see a lot of people that kill themselves over 10, 15, 20 years, make as much money as they can and generally use the money that they make to buy Investments, if they're smart, might be property, shares, whatever it is, and that's their strategy. So there's never really an intention to grow an asset being their business. It's just a matter of how much can I leverage my time to make more money and then use that money to buy investments externally to the business, which is fine because building a, a business or building a business as an asset class is not for everyone and it shouldn't be for everyone. So there's nothing wrong, as I've said a thousand times before, there's nothing wrong with having or being self-employed but you should have a bit of a strategy around how do I maximise the hard work I'm doing to to get the return I need from a asset base when you've finished working. So that's, that's one thing. So in Liz's case or Elizabeth's case right now, we need to look at I'm assuming that she wants to build a business. So she's investing back into the business as she goes. So let's look at the scenario. She's a $750,000 business for instance, so a really small SME. She is getting more clients. She needs to bring on more staff. She needs to get more products. She needs to up her spend with all her advisors. That might be accounts. That might be consultants. That might be designers, whatever the business is. So she looks down and she's gone from $750,000 to say a million dollars. And because she's spending on all these different types of advisors and she's growing her business and she's getting more advice to do different things because as a business, bigger business, you might need different contracts. You might need this. It's endless. She gets to a million dollars and she looks at her bottom line and if she was a $750,000 business making say 10% just to keep numbers nice and clear, she's now – she's made net profit $75,000. But being an SME, a lot of the time these people are taking less than market rate for their work. So she looks at her total wage as the remuneration she's taken out of the company, whatever that was, plus the net profit she makes. Then she gets to a million and is looking, well, with all things being equal, I should be making 10% on that as well. So I should have 100 grand. So I've I've grown by 25%. But commonly people look down and go, wait a minute, I've only made 15 grand, 20 grand, what's happened? Where's the money? And then they start looking at you know, their, their profit and loss, their balance sheet and they realise, well, they've got debtors tied up, they've got in terms of cash flow, the net profit's down because they've invested in other things, they've upgraded their office, they've upgraded their fixed costs and it's endless, endless investing in 
the business to keep the growth going or to sustain the current level of business. Now, at what point do you start making some money and starting to fill your pockets? And that's what we're really talking about. What is the trigger for that? And many business owners don't have a trigger for that. What they have is an idea that as they get bigger, they'll just naturally make money. But I find in terms of this scenario that you actually have to be very disciplined around what what is my role in the business and what am I being remunerated for? So remember, we've taken the example of being self-employed. You just take whatever's falling down the bottom at the end of the year and that's your money through the whole year. You have a good year, you've been busy, you have a poor year, you've been less busy, whatever it is. In this case, you actually have to start approaching the business as an asset and what you're being remunerated to grow the asset. So your job is the CEO at this point if you're still the leader in the company. So what does the CEO get paid? And even if you're the only person that's full-time employed in that business, you still need to approach it in a way that you are not your business. You're being remunerated by the business to hit a specific goal. So if Elizabeth said, my goal was to get to $1 million, as the CEO I'm taking, say she's only taking 75000 for the year mm-hmm. and then she just normally takes profits. She said, if I hit $1 million, I'm going to remunerate myself with a bonus $50,000 or each month by hitting a revenue, something like that. But she's basically setting her target for what she'll be remunerated for based on the result of the business. Now, a revenue number would be silly because she's a CEO, not a BDM. And a BDM might be incentivized on generating revenue and new new money or, or new sales. A CEO needs to be around profitability. So she still needs to be able to pay herself that bonus because she's the only one in the business. So by setting that, there has to be some other parameters that she needs to achieve, which is a minimum amount of profitability. So she can't do a million dollars in revenue and do 2% in net profit because she'll only have $20,000 there. So what she has to do is say, well, I get remunerated on that revenue number or this net profit number, which might be if we make over 100000 I'm going to take all the money out that's over 100000 as my bonus. Okay. But it, it's irrelevant what that number is or the mechanism. What we're talking about is the theory around how do I train my brain or how do I train myself to not be a – treat the business like I'm self-employed and act as though I'm trying to build a business. So the idea behind this is trying to set something that works for you so you don't get emotionally attached to revenue numbers and all that. You're just delivering a result. So one of the things that I say to business owners is first of all you need to set the wage that you're going to get to. So let's just set the wage that you're going to be remunerated. And generally I like to set it at what is the market rate for replacing you. Mm -hmm. And where most people have trouble with this is they go, well, no one can do what I do. (laughs) Yeah, because everyone thinks they're special. And it's true. A lot of people, it's not they can't do what you do, they wouldn't do what you do for the money you're making. (laughs) So that's that's really what it is. is Of course you can't replace yourself because no one would work 100 hours a week and do five different jobs and pay themselves half what their market rate is. Welcome to the world of being an entrepreneur or a business builder. That happens sometimes. So you have to work out really what would be my replacement value in a fair and reasonable way because everyone thinks they're not replaceable or priceless. Then set that as the cost to the business and work out what then the business needs to do to pay you that wage. Then you're removed from whatever 
the profit is going forward. After you start making profits, even if you're investing back in growth, you can remunerate yourself with some level of bonus. But I, I find that for people who are in this situation, you really need to start differentiating yourself from the owner of the business. You're the owner, which means you own the asset. An owner doesn't mean that you get to behave in a, I guess, amateurish way, which is I just take as much money as left in the bank account. It's just running the business point. It's not forecasting. It's not having a, a plan, a financial plan. It's not understanding the liabilities or that you have as the owner. You've got to understand all of this and then remunerate yourself accordingly. But the hard bit is that when you're in a growth business and you say sub $1 million, you will never run out of possibilities of things you can do to expand the business or grow. There's always money to be spent. There is, if you had an extra million dollars now, you would find a way to spend it. Everything from, well, now I can upgrade my website. Now I can do a digital marketing. Now I can bring a BDM. Now I can try this new product or service. Now I can move offices. Now I can get my own office. Now I can get an assistant. Now I can get whatever, 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 whatever. It is unlimited. And if you don't understand that as the owner, you're always going to find ways even when you're growing to spend. But if you start putting those parameters in place where you have to pay yourself like an employee, you're going to start to work to some form of budget. You start to get that discipline and that muscle around financial management. And I think that's half the issue and, and with Elizabeth is what is why don't you have more money if you're bigger as a business? And the answer would be, well, there's just not money in the bank or there's not money left over. I'm not making as much. So is the answer you haven't adjusted what you're worth in the business and forecast for that and just growing without any sort of plan and you're just basically running what we call a bank account business, like what's left in the bank account is what I've got. That's not a way to run a business. That's amateur hour. You must set yourself a remuneration package as the owner and act as though you could not miss that obligation because it creates the right type of pressure. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. So there, there was a lot of information yeah. in that. And I think it challenges a lot of people because, I mean, there's – I forget who the author of the book is but that leaders eat last yeah. kind of a mentality has really kind of permeated around there and it's particularly in the SME space because people wear the struggle almost with a badge of honour. Yeah. So they resist the things that could actually dig them out of it. Yeah, and I, I can't say I'm familiar with the book apart from the title but, you know, flashing around social media but I've not personally read it. Yeah. But for me the, the philosophy is quite easy and this is for smaller business owners, remember, yeah. is you need to set parameters and start behaving like it's a bigger business. You need to put positive pressure. So for me one of the things I make sure all the people I've ever worked with, the one thing we do is we set a automatic savings account from their personal um, accounts. Mm -hmm. So every week there is a deduction that comes out of their personal accounts into a separate account that they're not allowed to go near. Yeah. So a savings account. Yes, and for all those people listening out, I realise you can't save yourself to wealth. I get that. But what we're trying to do here is create a discipline around learning to not have that money like it was an obligation You've got a new bill that's reoccurring. So for me, what it does and when it's worked really well with people is they just keep upping that number. So they do small increments but they keep upping it. And before they know it, they've got 
thousand bucks, five thousand bucks, ten thousand bucks coming out of an account every week, and they've got in this separate account an investment account. This is the opportunity to buy assets outside their business. Now, the number is irrelevant because that's got to be around your risk tolerance and how much you want to reinvest in the business. So I think there's a staged approach here, which is you first of all need to set the wage you need to get to in your business. And so say you decided that, let's call it 150000 it was the business or the wage you wanted to take from your business every year. And you get it to a point where you can pay that wage. Now, anything above that is not really for you if you're growing the business. That's money that you can use to spend to grow your business or self-invest. It doesn't mean self-investment's the only way to go about it because obviously you can get investors or people to get in, but that comes with its own um, challenges and the, and the other only other things you sorry things you have to navigate as well. But the reality is that you need to set the wage that you're first going to get to as the owner of the business. Once you've done that, you personally need to set, I, I think, a savings account that gets deducted from your account where it's keep growing this asset class, which is you've got your business that's growing and personal wealth, you've got a savings account. Yeah. And I get people to keep challenging putting that up by say $50 every quarter or $100 every quarter. It's all relative but yeah. I want to create that extra bit of pressure that you're still creating another investment class that you can use for say you want to buy a house, say you want to invest in some stocks, say you get an opportunity outside the business that you've actually got a personal wealth nest egg building up because then you've got both things. You know that you're getting the wage that's matched to market value. You're saving and doing personal investments on the side so you're starting to build that up which is good and now as the business starts to grow you can manage that business with the money, the extra money it's making to reinvest into the things that have to happen. But if you don't have that other point where you've got a minimum you need to make or a consistent minimum you need to pay yourself like an actual employee or any employee you have in your company, you will always find a way not to pay yourself. Yeah. And that's the hard bit. And we've all heard the old saying, pay yourself first. But it is vitally important that not only you pay yourself first, but you pay yourself consistently. Yeah, That's the key. The consistent part is where a lot of people struggle. Oh, absolutely. It's, a, it's the most common thing we see, which is people of all size businesses, they always feel the fallback is, oh, well, I just won't take wages for a couple of months. Yeah. But that's really difficult to handle, particularly at the times when you can't pay yourself. The issue is most likely during those months that it's a tougher time because you don't have the cash flow to pay yourself. And then you're not paying yourself. So not only do you have the stress of whatever's happening in the business that hasn't generated enough money for you to pay yourself, but then as a byproduct of you spending all your energy, effort and you know worry to turn that around, you're also not getting paid for it. It's pretty tough. Yeah. And it's a bad discipline to to try and get into that run where, well, well, we just won't take wages. And so that's a cycle you have to break. And particularly in Elizabeth's case, you must find a way to set some parameters so you take the choice away from you. Yeah. This is how much we pay this person from the business and that person must be paid every week, fortnight, month, whatever it is. Then on the side, self-management of um, personal investments, you need to put uh, a management around that. Yeah. And just the fact that you're, you're actually paying that wage to yourself, it actually forces it into a real business and a, you have to consider your business as real then. So it's not like you're just taking 
whatever's left over or director's earnings, those kind of things. Yep. You can't trick yourself into going, hey, I've got a hugely profitable, I've got a great business when you're, if you're not paying yourself, it's easy to make that trick is what I'm trying to say because you've taken that 7,500, whatever it is, out of the equation. But if you've got treat yourself as the employee, which I know you're a massive fan of, yep. you go, and you're making profit, you go, well, no, it is a great business. And if I do at some point want to sell or want to get someone in, it's still a great business at that point. Absolutely. And, and the reason we set it up like that is because if you get to a point where someone wants to buy your business, they're not going to not look at what you've been paying yourself. That's one of the first things we look at is, so what if you've been paying yourself, oh, 50% of the market rate? So what you're saying is as soon as you leave this business, I have to double what that position costs. Great. I'm going to take that off the average profitability plus the risk of having to bring in someone that's never run the business. Da, 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 I'm going to pay you a lot less than already paying yourself at market rate. And then when they look at the net profit and or whatever the, the multiplier is they're going to use for that case, it, it doesn't get affected because you are market rate. Now, there's something that we need to talk about in this because when we talk, um, I guess, flippantly like this is what you should do, it's not so easy in actual practice. So in actual practice, we have to work out what's your, what's your risk profile as the owner of the business? What are you trying to achieve? So for me personally, I want to put as much money back into the business as I can for rapid growth. So I choose to not pay myself market value. I choose to pay myself enough to survive. Now, if you've got other things that are supporting your lifestyle, you might not need to pay yourself and that's what a lot of business builders do. They're just they're building an asset because they're looking for the asset that they're building to give them the remuneration they need. So if you look at the sort of Elon Musks in the world, that they might be paying themselves a dollar but it's not because they need the cash flow to keep surviving. It's because they're building an asset class where his shares have gone up by $27 billion or whatever it is. Yeah. <laughs> that, but that's the game they're playing at their level. So for for a smaller business, you still have to make the same distinctions. What do you need to get out of the business and what's your uh, risk profile or aggressiveness in growth that you want to get to? Because then you can start to dictate really how much I need to be paid and then what am I doing with that excess money? Because I'm okay if you're just taking enough to survive because you want to reinvest in your business and grow it faster. That happens. But you need to make sure that if that's the case and you've made that conscious decision, people like Elizabeth wouldn't be asking why I don't have any more money because the answer would be so obvious. Yeah. Well, it's because I've been reinvesting in this, this, this and this. If the answer isn't that clear, then you certainly don't have track of your financials uh, as well as you have to as the CEO. You must know where that money's going because you understand how much growth costs. When you get really great at this and particularly in smaller businesses, you can actually look at what is the cost of growth and start predicting it in terms of how much you're going to need, being ahead of the game, forecasting for the money you need, having triggers when you hit a revenue number of what you can invest in. What are the next major projects? If I borrowed on that project, what's the return and payback period? That's why as you get bigger, you become more sophisticated in terms of your investment strategy. It's why people go and borrow money for banks because they already know the numbers around if I invest in here, this is the return on that money, this is the payback period. That's how you start scaling your business. Smaller businesses just don't have that skill set or particular ones that are still having these type of deliberations because you're operating at a level where it's still unknown. Yeah. Why, aren't, why aren't I making more money? Well, if you don't know that, in lies the problem. Yeah. And that's what you have to start considering. First of all is what do you need to make? 
And then secondly, where is every dollar going and is that return on investment better? Because there's no point taking out an extra 25% of your wages and putting it into a savings account that's delivering you 2% where if you left it in the business for another year, it could deliver 50%. Well, why wouldn't you leave it in your asset class? But you wouldn't be asking the question which is, well, why don't I have more money? Because the answer would be because I'm investing it to get this return on my money. And that feeling around it, you're, you're talking from a very business side of things but yep. as we know from the in that SME space, business and personal bleed together. If you don't know where your money is or why you don't have money and you've got employees and they're all being paid and you're just going, well, everyone else in there, it's such a – it would be a crushing feeling to have and it would just have this cycle of negativity almost around it. If you go – where if I'm sitting there – and I know that I've got my wage over here, I'm investing over here, everyone else I'm taking a smaller market rate yep. um, but everyone else is being paid more than me, that's okay because I know that I'm investing here but if I just don't know where it is and everyone else is just sort of comfortable, it would weigh heavily on you. It's shocking yeah. because actually you feel like you're working harder, you feel like um, there's more pressure and you just – have, you've got no tangible difference because the issue with your asset building in value, it relies on two things. A, you're building an asset you can sell yep. or you're gearing up to make it produce you know, a, a better return. But you actually don't feel any different at all. So it's very difficult uh, when you're, you're growing a business and you might be borderline on just needing to make more money for personal life. I'm not just talking about the bare minimums that you actually, do you know what, I would like to take a holiday or I would, you know, when my car goes bang, not have to scrounge around for money and try and work out, worrying that when I get a parking fine or something that, oh, my God, that's pushed me over the edge, you know. And we know a lot of people that when they've got SMEs, these are the type of issues that absolutely are common. But, you know, you, you do have to sit there and just take stock and you need to look at yourself as a as the owner and say, do I really know enough about my numbers? Do I really know where the money's going in my business? Because they're the type of questions that lead you to the answer of how, when do I get more money out of this business? Because if you don't know that point, when are you actually going to get money out of this business or when is this asset going to be worth something, then what are we doing daily? We're just, we're basically throwing blind at a dartboard and that's not a way to grow a company. Yeah. It's, it's, it's on you to learn that and I, and I know we always come back to knowing your numbers but that is a business. A business is a legal entity that generates numbers and the numbers mean something in the real world. So you have to know them. You don't get the choice not to know why you're not making more money. If you don't know that, that's a major problem. You don't get to ignore it. Yeah. You, are, you are not doing your duty as a owner, director, founder, whatever it is. I don't care if you're a creative, I don't care if you're a whatever it is but we find a lot of people that feel like, oh, that's my accountant's problem. That is not your accountant's problem. That is seriously your problem. Your job is to get the information from the accountant and make sure it's in a language that you understand but you don't get the chance not to understand that. You don't get the chance to ask why aren't I making money. Yeah. If you're asking that question, it's really you're very far down the line. Yeah, no, yeah, and I don't want people to sit there and you know, you know, cut their wrists type thing. This is around, 
you know where you need to now learn or where you need to get tighter in your understanding. Yeah. So you need to seek out people that can help you. And you don't have an excuse of saying, but I don't know who that is because you're listening to this. You email. <laughs> you go, hey, how would you do this? How would you deal with this challenge? Well, this is what we do. Here are some people we recommend, whatever it is. But it's very, very important to understand that you should know exactly at what point you will have freed up cash flow to either reinvest into your business or take it as a dividend. I'm not saying don't pay yourself. I don't care if you paid yourself $100 million a year. It's irrelevant. The relevancy is around the, where the question's coming from and why you're asking it at the point of time in which your business is at a particular size or a particular stage, whatever it is. Because those business owners that are crystal clear with the stage of business they're at as well as what the current strategy is and why don't ask those questions because they already know that that's preset. The reason there won't be free cash flow is because we just opened a second site. We're using the um, growth of the business to fund that part of the business because we know in 12 months' time by having two established sites, we're going to quadruple revenue and add 25% to our net profit, whatever it is. I'm just using silly examples. But that's the type of understanding you must have in a smaller business because it's simple when it's small there's really not a lot of complexity. As you get bigger, there's a hell of a lot more complexity that comes in and a hell of a lot of other things you need to be looking at. So that's when you do need to bring in people to help manage the money or the cash flow and the financial analysis of the business because as the owner, you probably won't have the skill unless you've come from a financial background to manage that properly. But in order to get to the point where you would even understand those conversations, you need to go through this as a smaller business. So this is the correct path but now's the time to really understand what you need to do next to grab a hold of the, the size of business that you're currently in. It's brilliant. And I think that because there are two parts to it, pay yourself a wage whether it's market rate or not. Yep. The thing I like about the other strategy of just having that automatic debit go out all the time any bill that I have that's automatically debited, I don't count as money. Yeah, It doesn't exist. And I remember we were talking, it was about three or four years ago, we were, there was those investment apps yep. that were about. And I went, oh, one day, I went, oh, I'll just give that a shot just to see, understand it yep. and put my details into it and forgot that I'd set an automatic debit yeah. out every month and then it was clipping off like rounding up sales and those sure. kind of things. And then all of a sudden like the app updated and its logo changed. And I went, what's that? I opened it up and went, Okay, that's great. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really nice surprise to have. <laughs> but it's, it's just building out without it, you knowing it. Absolutely. And, that, and that's the point of it, which is separate yourself from the business. You are someone who's building an asset, which is your business. So set the parameters around that. I need to take this much of a wage and I need to do it. Now, early on in the days, you might not be able to generate that money for that total wage yet. So I get it. There is some... Um, there is some work that needs to be done and we've all had to sacrifice for everyone here who's self-funded a startup business. That's okay. That's pretty normal. But one of the things you need to understand is, and this is where I think people make major um, or make very poor decisions, is if you've got a wage that you could be earning elsewhere and you want to start a business, you need to then cap the time you're going to allow yourself to self-invest before it's no longer viable because people go for years and years and years and years and they've got a delusion that they could then 
go and just get a job somewhere else but because they've been in their small business for so many years, their market value is dropping sometimes. You have to put stop losses on how many years are you going to be the right person or months to get your wage to this point and you need to be reasonable with that because it takes time to grow a smaller company to start with, particularly if you're new to it and haven't done it before. But you need to put a cap on it because most people that get into real trouble is they set the wage that they need to replace, say, a job that they've come out of and they haven't given them an end date to achieve that by because that's your job now is to deliver a project in a certain amount of time. But because we're self-employed, people just keep going on and on and on and on and do the same tactic over and over again and they're actually not progressing. Yeah, They're getting bigger but it's, it's it's... a delusion that they're ever going to get to where they need to go and what does it actually mean to earn the money they need to earn. So when you set it, you can actually work back at what does the company now need to earn because if I need to make this much money, I'm going to need this much work and to get that much work, I'm going to need this many people to service that work and if I take out their costs, it means I'm actually going to have to have a higher revenue number than that. But you can actually work backwards and actually get the number which is this is what the company would look like when I'm earning this. Yeah before even dividends or the sale or whatever of the company. So it really helps to do that because it allows you to work backwards and then see if that's a realistic goal that you can get to because if you realise, my God, that's a really big company, it's not going to happen in six months Yeah. because I know I'm going to need another office. I know I'm going to need employees. I know I'm going to need this. Those things can take time if you're self-funding the business. Yeah. And that's the gap that's often a lot in those um, goal-setting workshops and those kind of things is go, write out your perfect day in 10 years, tell me how much you're earning, all that kind of stuff. And But the reality is you've got to work it back to today. What am I doing tomorrow to ladder up to that? What are those next steps and what are the the win points in there? Absolutely. And that way you don't go mad in the process because you actually know it's the pathway that you've planned or at least you've identified as what, uh, habits you're going to need to implement during that time in order to get to where you want to go because then you're not thinking totally, oh, should I just take more money out this month? Should I just this? You'd be like, no, I've got an extra 10 grand free. Now I can do this project because that's going to accelerate us to the next point because you've got a strategic plan. Most people are making decisions. Should I get this new website? And they're making it based on, oh, yeah, I've got some free money at the moment. I mean, you have no chance to like – it's just that's the wrong way of thinking. Yeah, it's that surety around. It's like the difference between, oh, yeah, someday I'm going to buy a house and I'm going to buy a house in six months and yep. you see the level people go to in their savings just to get that extra $5, 10 $20 every week to put in there so they can get the loan, that they, the mortgage that they need. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's, you know, it has a compounding effect, which we've all, we all know about compounding effects and what they do. I mean, it's it's essential that you understand that and I really – I want those people out there that are struggling with this to just take stock and just have a few home truths and the first home truth is do I know my numbers well enough? Great. If I know my numbers well enough, why have I still got the question? If I've still got the question what is it that's not clear to me around my strategy or what I haven't um, come to peace with in terms of how to grow a company, at what point – did I expect the company not to cost more money to grow? Because companies eat cash. They eat it really fast and growth, they eat it twice as fast. <laughs> growth costs money. doesn't matter who you are. And it's not just smaller businesses. Bigger businesses that are even doing really well are chewing up money at a rate that's ridiculous. So 
you actually have to understand your cash burn rates and how much money it's going to take to grow your business. But that's part of the learning and, and acknowledging that that is the case. You just need to work out the numbers, work with whoever it is to get that information. But I think particularly going back to um, Elizabeth is it sounds like you haven't made a decision yet on what you need to take from the business and how the business remunerates you at certain levels. If you're looking at the business from a I can't take more money out because the business doesn't have it, you're reactionary to growing a business and we don't want to be reactionary. We want to be strategic and we want to be on the front foot. We don't want to be pushed around by our business. We want to be pushing around the business. This is what it needs to do to get this and this is what I'm going to get from it as opposed to this is what happened, now this has happened and now I'm the last one to eat at the poll. Yeah. It's very, very mentally tough to play business that way. So you need to be a little bit more um, assertive. And I think that's the key probably in Elizabeth's case here is be assertive and get control of the gaps in your knowledge around what's happening in your business because none of this should actually be surprising. It's mathematics. It's a perfect science. <laughs> Perfect science. Yeah, love it. Apart from every variable that happens to affect it, <laughs> which makes the art form and science of running a business the enjoyable part. Yeah. All right, I think we are. Uh, we call it there for the week. Thank you very much, sir. And I'll talk to you next week. Looking forward to it. Mate. Okay.